step into Passport Necessary. I am Leila Janti. And I'm Marcus Rosati. And today we're going to be getting into the interesting and very detailed topic of identity. Um, yeah. So for anyone who hasn't uh, been to or listened to Passport Necessary yet, Passport Necessary is a podcast um, that delves into what it's like being a third culture kid, which we will henceforward use TCK, um, and what how it's affected our adult life, how we lived growing up, um, and which is definitely ties into identity, <laughs> which is going to be a very fun topic to get into. Um, so... Marcus, I guess a big part of being a TCK is the feeling of being an outsider. Um, yes. Which I know you definitely dealt a lot with being <laughs> being a yeah. Westerner living in Japan. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the thing is, is that um, Japan, with it being sort of like a relatively closed society, um, they don't have high levels of immigration don't necessarily let so many people in and they have some very specific ideas about who or who is not Japanese mm -hmm. it does mean that if you are white or a Westerner you're definitely not considered to be Japanese at any point um, mm -hmm. so that does mean that you're always constantly perceived as a foreigner which is not necessarily a bad thing um, but you are aware of being outside the uh, society in a certain sense mm-hmm um, which does mean that you get some perspectives on it that maybe people who actually live there all the time don't get. Mm -hmm. um, you you can see how the society functions and works. And then also when you move back from that society to a society that is more supposed to be more like your own, safely in quotation marks, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you again are able to sort of like see things from an outside perspective that people probably don't see in their own lives, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, being an outsider within your own, what should be insider culture. Yeah, but it's theoretically your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's definitely something that I know I've, I've struggled with. It's funny because you don't necessarily think about being a TCK constantly, but it's kind of always there whether you really are thinking about it or not. Because yeah. I think whether it comes to food or like cultural references or pop culture or um, even music, literature, like mm -hmm. there's stuff that you, you come into or you meet every day that sometimes will remind you like, oh, I don't know what this is or, oh, I would know what this was in a different culture or like, I don't know what to do within this social interaction. So it's weird. It's like you don't think about being an outsider all the time but at the same time, you are always an outsider because you haven't been within your mother culture, you know, all the time because you've been in other places. Yeah, because I do sometimes, I don't know if this happens to you, but you get people sort of like referencing something and they'll say, oh, do you remember such and such? And you just go, no. Mm -hmm. and they say, well, why don't you remember it? I wasn't here. I wasn't here for it. So I don't know. And they go, oh, right. Yeah, I just remembered. Yep. Yep. That happens you to me. You didn't grow up here. Oh, that happens to me all the time. I'll have um friends who are like oh well you know there was this tv show you know this reference i'm like i have no clue what you're talking about <laughs> or like who this character is um that's actually funnily enough how my partner and i realized we had a little bit of an age gap because he would always make mm -hmm. references to things and he assumed like oh well you don't know it's because you were living overseas 
And then there was one day where he made like a reference to a pop culture thing and was like, oh, I don't know what that is. And he was like, how do you not know what that Mm -hmm. is? Like, you definitely were in the U.S. when this happened. And I was like, well, I was this year's old. He's like, wait a minute. (laughs) How old are you? And at the time we like realized we had a little bit of an age gap, but it was a funny moment where it was like, it's not lack of knowledge because I wasn't in the country. It's lack of knowledge because I was literally a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I I said yeah, it's the thing though, isn't it? It's just, it, I suppose it's like uh, people say that, you know, people have to make a lot of assumptions about life in order to get through it. So I suppose the mm. thing is if if you're not necessarily aware of somebody being from somewhere different or it's like age differences or whatever, you kind of just make assumptions about your own life and then kind of put them onto other people, not deliberately, but like mm-hmm. we make certain assumptions in our society and culture, which is it's an interesting one. Again, it's not like being an outsider. You notice that in people. Yeah. The assumptions and the sort of things that's like, oh, this is normal. This is what you do. This is how you behave. And it's sort of like, well, for us, that would not be normal. Mm-hmm. Or for us, it seems less obvious. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there are certain things that I had to relearn when I came back to the States yeah. or things that like have stuck with me from living in other countries that, you know, I, I took it as normal or for granted when I was there and then when I had to move somewhere else I was like okay got to learn a whole new system again so it's when you're traveling your brain is kind of in the mindset of oh well I'm an outsider so I need to always be aware and always pay attention Mm -hmm. and then there's like a weird part when you're in your mother country where it's like I'm I'm an outsider here but I'm technically also an insider because this is my mother country so I yeah. guess like I need to fit in, but also I will never fit in. It's this really strange dynamic. Yeah, it it it, it is a very peculiar thing. It's it's almost it's really difficult to describe it to someone who doesn't understand it. It's like that. I think the thing is, is you meet people, you know, when you're a real outsider, when you meet people who think of themselves as outsiders, mm-hmm. and then you're too, you're even further outside the outside <laughs> position. And that's just, it's not, and it's not even a choice. It's just, you, you don't even have to try to be that outsider. You just are mm-hmm. the outsider. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it recently. Sometimes I've met people, who, you know, like kind of slightly gothy types and stuff like that. They look at me and go, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be like us. And then you just go, I have no idea what you people are referencing. You, you're not, we're, we're not the same, you know, e- yeah. even though I do look quite gothic at times. It's just like, we don't share the same stuff. We're just different mm-hmm. and it confuses people and I think it upsets some people as well because they kind of think oh he's an outsider he must understand me it's like not necessarily no mm-hmm. yeah it's not interesting not every outsider shares the exact same experience we share an outsider experience but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's the exact same experience yeah exactly it's, it's useful though because it does remind you to, to sort of I think it maybe in some ways helps you to be a bit more tolerant of people mm, absolutely you, could, you think things through like if somebody does something you just kind of go doesn't really bother me (laughs) you know you're not upset by things so much I think for me it's also there's always an awareness of like not everyone automatically knows the context of what's going on and you shouldn't assume that everyone knows exactly what's happening in that moment that's why I've had people who when I do projects or I've worked with them within a job setting I've had people who said like oh you're very communicative like you definitely you Oh, sometimes over communicate you're very right descriptive of what you need what you want and like what the situation is 
And the reason I do that, I'm realizing, you know, as I'm as I've gotten older, is that I do that because I don't assume that everyone knows what's going on in the situation. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times I don't know what's going on in the situation. I would love to have someone who could just come up to me and be like, hey, by the way, this is what's going on. And that would be like, thank you so much so that I can move forward with my life. It's made everything so much easier. Why didn't you just say? I know. Stop assuming. Just give mm. people context clues so that they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then a part of that is a term that I learned from one of my best friends who's also a TCK is imposter syndrome, which is oh, yeah. very closely tied to being an outsider. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, imposter syndrome is this feeling of being an imposter, even within a situation where you know what is happening, um, specifically when you're in a position of authority or you're leading something and you get the sense of, I'm going to, I'm doing it wrong or someone's going to catch me and then they'll get rid of me or they'll fire me or they'll take me off this project, whatever it is. But it's, it's this definite sense of like, I don't belong and someone's going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a strange one because you could be doing something that you've been doing hundreds and hundreds of times and then you're, you're, you're constantly checking yourself to see, it's just like, well, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Mm-hmm. I work as like body piercing and stuff like that. And I, it, it's a constant thing of like just checking yourself, kind of going, am I doing this right? As, you know, am I really good enough to do this? Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. There is that there. Yeah. And it's, and it's strange because like you've been training in it, you've been working at it for a long time and it's not mm -hmm. like you're a novice. Like you, you definitely have become skilled within it like everyone's of course going to keep learning and growing that's yeah, exactly. a natural part of the human experience but like you could definitely be considered someone who knows what the hell they're doing within their job yes <laughs> yes i've been doing it for about seven years now so yeah on and off so you, but even then even so i still get that thing of like thinking you know i'm going to do something wrong and i'm going to get sacked that kind of thing does come up quite a lot it, it, it's, it's got better over the past year, but like for the first two or th two years in my job, I was always worried that, you know, something was going to go wrong and that was going to be it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even, even though most jobs aren't like that, but I just felt like that all the time. Oh, um, yeah. No, it happened to me too. There were so many moments where I was like, I would feel like someone would come up to me and be like, you lied to get into this job and you're fired. Or like mm. crazy, crazy stuff where it's like, there's no reason for me to think like this. There's no reason for me yeah. to assume that people are going to be like, that's it. You're done for. We're getting rid of you. And it's like, why do I think this? Oh, because I never feel like I truly belong. <laughs> yeah. It all comes full circle. <laughs> I suppose it also kind of has a thing to do with um, maybe slight social anxiety that you might feel from actually sometimes, you know, with people moving in and out of your life so much, especially when you're in like international schools or have... Mm -hmm. a family that moves around a lot I think there's a bit of social anxiety because you're constantly having to learn and relearn your social environment your social situation and stuff like that and so I think for me maybe like a lot of it does you become very good at you become very good at getting on with people mm -hmm. but you also become extremely nervous of people as well I think because oh. it really matters that you've got to get on with people while you're with them for short periods of time you might only know someone for a year or two while you're in school but it matters that you get on with them oh my gosh yeah that is a huge thing for me and it's actually something mm. that i've been trying to work on um 
because my my partner noticed it and then I started really noticing that I was doing it a lot where like I get so worried about other people's assumptions of me and not that mm-hmm. they necessarily have a bad view of me like I've, I haven't had anyone who's come up to me and they're like you're a bitch or whatever like that's never mm-hmm. happened but there is like I focus so much on how other people see me and interpret me and look at me that it's almost paralyzing because I get Mm. so stuck in my head and into this like spiral of like, what do they think of me? How am I going to do this? How do they perceive me when I do this? That I sometimes just don't even do the thing that I wanted to do in the first place because I get so stuck on how people view me. And that's absolutely connected to moving around so much you constantly meet new people and you want to put on a good first impression and so all you constantly think about is like how are other people going to perceive me yes and i suppose that again kind of like goes right back into the identity thing right down to the core of it because you don't want your identity to be misrepresented or misinterpreted in a certain sense Mm -hmm. but then it's also like you're in a way it's almost performative because when you're meeting mm. someone new, you want to be like, quote unquote, the best version of yourself, end quote. Um, so you you kind of always put yourself in this certain light. And so then there's this weird moment where it's like, is this really me? Am I performing mm. myself? Am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? Like, I constantly am thinking about my identity and how I put it out there for other people to see um which I don't recommend for anyone to do it at the (laughs) level that I do it but it it is something that I I notice that I do and I think it is definitely tied to moving as much as I have into all the different countries I've been in because um I just constantly have to be ready to meet new people and get to know them and my hope is to you know, be friendly and have people like me. But I mean, that's not a reality that is tenable for anyone. Um, no, we can't win them all, as they say. Oh, yeah, no, but uh, that's my hope and dream. <laughs> Go up to every person. I'm like, you're going to like me, even yeah. if it debilitates me socially and inside. <laughs> yeah, because I do find that I do sometimes have quite a lot of problems with that. I have real problems with saying no to people. I don't know why. Oh, I have the same problem. <laughs> I really do, especially when I was in college. I would say yes to so many things to the point where I was like, I physically could not do all the things that I was saying yes to. But I was yeah. just so afraid that if I said no, no one would give me another project because I work right, in theater. Yeah. So everything is based on human relations. And so I was terrified that if I said no, I can't do this, that they would go, right, well, we'll never ask you again, which is, that makes no sense, but that was where my brain was at. So I would say yes to everything to the point where Mm -hmm. I I couldn't do everything, but I tried. Yeah, Yeah, I've been like, I've been there. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things that's really difficult sometimes. I I, I don't know, I, I suppose it does kind of come down to a social anxiety thing to an extent. I think, yeah, I could definitely agree that that's some of it. I think, I think it also, for me, I think it's also been affected because of all the different cultures I've lived in. It's sometimes I change myself or I'll alter myself slightly because based on different cultures that I lived in, there's certain ways of interacting with people, like how Mm. social to be, how friendly to be, how physically uh, close to be. Um, 
So like there are certain things that you, you learn to pick up on when you've lived in different places. Um, and so then your brain is overthinking like, oh, well, if we were here, this is how you should interact. And if you were in this country, this yeah. is how you should interact. And it's like, well, I'm in the United States. So how the hell, <laughs> how do I interact <laughs> here? I'm like, what's the norm here? But I haven't lived what's... here for most of my life. Yeah. Uh, you, you do sort of go, well, what, what's the right thing to do? I don't uh, know if there is the right thing to do. <laughs> no, probably not. I, it's, it's funny because I think as you start to get older and a bit more comfortable with yourself as well, that you start to worry less, I think, because you just realize that, you know, even even the local culture doesn't necessarily get everything right either. So you just take the bits of what what you've learned and use it. You kind of come what I describe as a cultural magpie. Mm-hmm. You take the bits of things that work best for you and just carry on with them. And if people find them strange, then they're just going to find them strange. There's not much you can do about it. I agree. I think that's definitely a a thing that you learn. And as you get older, I think I'm. I have it in my head. It's just putting it into practice in my everyday life. That's yeah, yeah, what I'm exactly. working on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the thing I was, I was interested in talking about was um, identity in terms of gender uh, because mm-hmm. I, I'm a cis woman. Um, I present female and um, I have my whole life. And I think that has been like the way I view myself as a woman has been kind of affected based on the different countries I've lived in. I was curious if you, for you, how has living in Japan affected your view of yourself? I think the thing is, is that for Japanese men, the thing is there are a lot of, they do take care of their appearance quite a lot. So the thing is, is that t- being male and taking care of your appearance in particular ways is not considered that strange over there. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Britain, it definitely is. It is seen as being vain, effeminate almost. And it, it, I remember meeting people who were really upset by it. And I couldn't really completely understand it because this isn't sort of like even sort of like gender fluidity or anything like that. It's just a different way of working within a specific gender. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, being male in Japan as a thing is it's just like, yeah, you, you can be more, you can take care of your appearance more. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter as much. Whereas what you would wear in Japan would be considered to be kind of effeminate here to an extent. Mm-hmm. Some people have seen stuff that, you know, show them films from Japan that goes, yeah, the men are really sort of effeminate. It's like you don't see it as effeminate. No, it's, it's not considered feminine within a Western context. It's considered no. masculine within a Japanese context. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, is it's just the way it sort of works. And, and I've, I'm one of these people, I've worn makeup since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I mean, the thing that, you know, again, like being an outsider in a country, you just realise you're outsider anyway. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get away with a bit more. And I think in Japan, they're less worried about this sort of stuff, just as long as you don't show it off too much. You can do it, just don't make a fuss about it. Right. With a lot of things, it seems to be the way as far as I understand it, a lot of stuff is hidden and everybody knows it goes on, but they don't mind just so long as it's hidden. Right. Right. Which isn't always healthy, but it is a certain way of dealing with um, things that are either counterculture or subculture. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, what's interesting is that I've always been aware of being female. Um... But depending on the different country that I was in, 
there were different ways of like what I would say would be like performing femininity like in Japan like in Japan performing femininity is like women have naturally higher well they they put on a higher voice like women when they speak Mm -hmm. to men they'll have a higher voice range than when they speak to other women um the way that they dress is very um there's a lot more dresses like actual dresses a lot more um very careful makeup but it's what in the west we would call like natural makeup where it almost looks like they're not wearing anything um yeah it's supposed to be very subtle and um i remember when i was in japan i was um <laughs> like i have this very strong memory of when i was there i was in the 10th grade so i was getting ready to leave and go to france and um mm-hmm. i remember a guy coming up to me thinking that i was a college student and he was trying to get my number I was like, I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm in high school. I'm a 10th grader. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then disappeared. (laughs) Cause I think for him, he saw me as much older than I was. And so he assumed like, oh, she's a college student. It is okay to ask her, but he wasn't pushy. He was very like, oh, you are young. I'm going to run away now. (laughs) And he like left me alone. Whereas there were multiple instances when I was in Paris where I think in Japan, I got away for a long time with not being sexualized. If it, mm-hmm. if I was, it was all in their head. It wasn't being said out loud. Whereas in Paris, there were many times where like, I was reminded that I, not only am I a woman, but there are other people who sexualize me and who mm-hmm. will let me know that they are sexualizing me. That was yeah. one of the first times I got catcalled um, was when I started mm-hmm. living in Paris and I was... Uh, junior and senior in high school i was like i am underage i have no interest in sex please leave me alone <laughs> like i do not want to talk to you 40 year old man <laughs> like please no. go away but it 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 was something that i think i got very lucky being a teenager in japan um mm. a good part of my teenage years um learning to grow into myself and figure out what i wanted and needed and how i viewed myself as a cis woman um I think I got very lucky living there because it meant that I could do it without constantly being sexualized. Whereas once I got to Paris and then everywhere I've been since then, it, being in a Western culture, not only do you get sexualized, they let you know. They're like, yeah. they'll c- cat call you, wolf whistle, like people have followed me. Um, I had to learn very quickly, like being a woman isn't always safe. No. It, yeah i mean i think the thing is also in japan is you one of the things as because i mean there's a slightly different problem that you have if you're, if you're a man is that basically people want to fight you yes in western societies much more in britain they do that and so your, your problem is is that and the way that people get into fights in the uk is not a one-on-one thing what they'll do is like several men will come up to you when you're on your own and then they try and pick on you it's not an individual one person on one-on-one thing mm-hmm. it's, it's it's kind of gang mentality and it's far more confrontational whereas in japan yeah. like uh, that <laughs> if that happens i've never seen it i've never heard it it's definitely something that is not it's not made public yeah like if you have issues with people that's something that you deal with more within a private setting 
Yeah, exactly. You're not going to start fights on the street. No, whereas which, absolutely which in happen. the US we do that. <laughs> yeah. And for no it reason. in the UK as well. Um, I definitely, you know, it's like you do get people shouting stuff at you in cars and stuff like that. And you just kind of go, what on earth is the matter with you? Have you got nothing better to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different because obviously, you know, if somebody's passing by in a car, they're not going to stop and get out, generally speaking. I mean, so you just, um, you can avoid them or ignore them as much as you like. But it's different, I think, especially in pubs and stuff, you do sometimes feel a little bit like they, you know, there are a bit of few situations where I've come across people I just thought, you know what? probably best to get out of here yeah and that's unfortunate and i've i've been in that situation too where it's like i know that my my part of my identity is a danger for me and i need to get out which sucks that shouldn't be a situation that you're put in but it is a situation that happens quite a bit yeah when you get used to being in a culture like learning to be aware of my surroundings at the level that you need to be in the West was a real yeah. big change for me coming from Japan because I, I, I like being honest, I got used to feeling safe in Japan. Yeah. Like Japan is incredibly safe. Yeah. I never really worried about my physical safety, which, you know, is a huge privilege. Um, and I never, I never downplay that that was a huge load off my mind, especially as a teen when I was growing up there. Um, yeah, it just kind of (laughs) sucks. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's a shame. It's funny. I'm not sure why Western societies are a bit more like this, but it's, I think it is more acceptable to be more aggressive. It is more acceptable to be more, maybe it's because we're more, more allowed to be more outspoken. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's maybe part of the thing is, is that maybe there is a downside to being more outspoken is that outspoken people sometimes are just nasty. Yeah. Just because I mean, you can that. say something doesn't mean you need to say it. It's true. Uh, but I mean, you know, you know, people are entitled to say things. That's the problem. I mean, that's, you know, it's one of those things getting a balance between working out whether it's worth dealing with a few absolute idiots um, and having everybody else allowed to say what they want to say or whether you just want to stop people talking and you know yeah you and then really repressing that. repressing what you want to say yeah exactly mm-hmm. um, um so the last thing i wanted to get into which i thought might be interesting is i don't know for you where you stand but for me being part of the queer community is now now that i'm aware of it, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a bigger part of my identity i'm bisexual i came to my full understanding of that once I was in a uh, university but um I think I I kind of had hints of it within my life <laughs> but <laughs> I just either I was unaware or I I'm very lucky I have parents that are incredibly supportive and who have always been outspokenly supportive of me and the queer community so um I never felt scared of you know, my identity in that way of my sexuality. Also, partly being half French, learning about sex and sexuality came right. at a very early age. Like, yeah. watching French movies, almost everyone's naked <laughs> at some point in the movie. So, like, it wasn't weird to me. Um, but I, no. I do remember once I got into college and I started realizing, like, oh, I've liked kind of everyone (laughs) like I don't have like a particular type I've liked men I've liked women I've liked 
people who are non-gender conforming or who are non-binary and I I have found my I once I realized that I realized like how much that was affected by living in these other countries um which is interesting because at least you know growing up I was a kid in a lot of the countries I lived in but like in um Guatemala people not that I knew of had a very big community but uh, I'm sure it was there and then living in Japan I know there is a queer community but it's not very outspoken it's not very like big or out there it's very much like a subculture in the sense of like you don't know about it unless you're part of it um yeah but I think the thing that I got lucky with was the school that we went to um that you and I went to there were a couple people who not only were they part of the community but they were very out and kind of proud about it and I think that helped me because when I got to my French high school it it wasn't that it was the opposite but there was definitely the sense of like if you were part of the queer community do not talk about it do not be open about it you will get made fun of and and one of the like big moments for me was when I was in high school I got into a huge um argument with a kid in one of my classes because um he was saying there were rumors going around that there was a kid in our in our graduating class who was gay and he was like well you know as long as he doesn't hold hands with someone or kiss someone like i don't care like he can do whatever he wants i was like so you're really cool with all the other straight people who hold hands who slobber all over each other in (laughs) front of my locker to the point where i cannot open my locker and it's just so performative and gross but you're not yeah. okay with someone holding hands with someone of the same gender. And they were like, no, I don't like that. I was like, okay, well, how does this affect you? How is this going to impact your life? And they were like, well, I just don't want to see it. I'm like, okay, but you see people who love each yeah. other very physically and amorously every day, <laughs> but you're upset that this has happened. Like we got into a huge fight over it. Like we were like yelling at each other in a classroom And there was a part of it at the end where I was like, I am so mad. Like, I'm so mad at him and I feel hurt. Like, I felt hurt. And I realized as I got older, I was like, I was hurt because he was basically denying a part of my identity. And it made me so mad. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, people sort of like, just because, you know, you wear makeup and stuff like that, people assume that you must be sort of like either homosexual or bisexual because I'm not. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that it's amazing how how angry some people can get by the idea that you might be. Mm-hmm. It, it's so strange because it's they can be quite aggressive and they think they're being really funny and it's kind of like uh, it's not funny, you know. And the one thing is, is that a lot of people will say things to try and be hurtful. I think as you you get a bit older, you realise is that people say things to be hurtful and you just kind of go, "Heard that one before? Have you got another one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, heard that one as well. Have you got another one? Because mm-hmm. people, they do it less so now, actually. I haven't had any problems for, I don't think, I don't think I've had anybody really be nasty to me or or kind of intrusive for a while. Mm-hmm. I think it might be sort of partly to do with the fact that I don't go to any as many clubs and pubs as I used to. That might be part of it because I don't actually enjoy those environments because you do feel a bit sort of like people aren't going to get it or... You know, it's it's an interesting one, especially with that sort of thing, especially sort of like within, again, sort of European slash North American cultures as people can be more outspoken and do have some strange ideas. 
Um, but I, I think, you know, things are getting better and they're being turned around and more stuff is more acceptable now. Like, I see a lot more young men wearing makeup now and I think just kind of think that's good. Yeah. They I'm and they're perfectly happy to walk around and they seem pretty safe, which is what you want. Yeah. I, I want to see more people able to not only speak their truth, but live in their truth because of yeah. that's who they are and that's their identity. And it's not going to change or if it changes, that's because that's, they've learned more about themselves. And I think, yeah. I think a big part of being an outsider is that automatically, like, I know I'm not part of the in-group automatically because yeah. of the way I live, because of where I come from. And then add on to that, I'm a woman. So automatically, mm -hmm. especially within Western culture <laughs> or American culture, I know I'm not going to get into certain things or I'm going to automatically be pushed aside. And then being part yeah. of the queer community, it's like, well, that's just another thing. Like, <laughs> It's just an, <laughs> another thing that's going to add on to the list. So it's one way or another, I'm an outsider. And you can list all the reasons I'm an outsider, but I'm an outsider no matter what. So it's like, yeah. this is just another thing. It's not... It's not something that, you know, is going to make or break me. Yeah. If that I mean, makes sense. Thinking, yes. Yeah, I know completely what I mean. I mean, the thing is, it does mean, so I think we kind of touched it at the beginning, really. Or just like, you know, it does give you a certain kind of freedom mm -hmm. because you know you're an outsider. You know that that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. No matter where you go. And that's the other thing I think is a key thing is no matter where you go, that's going to happen. Oh yeah, no matter which, if I'm which is, here, if I'm in another country, if I'm if I go visit my parents wherever they are next, like it does not matter. I'm always going to be yeah. an outsider. <laughs> yeah. It's always going to happen. Um and then keep in mind like we're both white. <laughs> so yeah, our experience, our experience within these countries are going to be very different than people who are a person of color or who are in any way a darker skin tone because mm -hmm. different countries deal with that in very different ways um which actually i'm very excited i have one or two people i've reached out to who want to you know do an interview with us and they okay. are within uh they are a person of color and i'm like yes i want to get your experience <laughs> yeah. because i know that their experience is going to be so different than mine um yes and i that's kind of the point of doing this podcast is to you mm -hmm. know get to hear everyone's experience within different co countries yeah and it does mean that as you know more people can hopefully use it as a resource and at least sort of like hear that there are other people who have similar experiences which is nice to know yeah exactly <laughs> um okay well we kind of talked about identity today <laughs> yeah um, so if you guys have any questions, please feel free to leave it in the comments below. You could also reach out to me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is at Leila Gentil. That's L-E-Y-L-A-G-E-N-T-I-L. Um, and you could also, you know, just shout out into the void. You never know. Maybe we'll hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, this was Passport Necessary. Uh, until next time. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. See ya. <laughs>